Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, we have new equipment for 2018. You and I are both on condenser microphones. How exciting is that? Well, it looks kind of weird where you are. That's true. And and unfortunately, we don't do the uh, the uh, the video side anymore so that our viewers at home can enjoy as well. But what they're hearing should be blisteringly better audio quality. Anywho, I'm excited. I know that much. Um, it is time for our 2018 Hall of Fame show. Uh, we are going to give our ballots for this year's Hall of Fame class, our predictions, uh, what we would change in the voting process, and who we think are the greatest omissions as of 2018 in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, anything you want to touch on before we just dive right in here? Uh, well, as as I did last year, um, my way of dealing with the steroid era, which is, there is no good way of dealing with it, is that I'll just have eight people on my ballot. Yeah, and when we get to the, uh, the talk of uh, changes, my big change is going to come in about the, the, the number of people, this maximum vote thing and whatnot. Well, all right. The Hall of Fame has addressed it. So, you know, they I mean, they were asked to move to 12 and the Hall of Fame says, no, we're going to stay with 10. And they didn't give a good reason for this. But yeah. Well, anyway, again, this is all if I was the czar, which I'm not. Right. So we'll see what happens. All right. Out of the box. The Hall of Fame class of 2018. Um, do you want to do the ballots first? Our ballot if we had a vote? Or all do you right. Want to sure. Do... sure. All right. Give me yours and then I'll give you mine. Uh, Chipper would be the first person on my ba- ballot. Vladdy uh, Daddy would be there. Mike Mussina would be my number three pick. And after the first pick, it's really kind of arbitrary is where they are. Um, I would still be voting for Fred McGriff. Uh, I think he is getting slighted. Uh, Billy Wagner is on mine. I think he playing at the same time in the same position i think he was better than trevor hoffman it looks like uh wagner may stick around for another year or so but and trevor hoffman has a very good chance of getting in this year but do you uh, think that that's just because people are blinded by the 600 saves i i guess and and he had a real good entry song <laughs> uh but uh i think i mean if you look if you put st- Wagner versus Hoffman's statistics. Hoffman played, I think, three years longer than uh, Billy, but uh, right. his uh, Wagner missed a lot more bats. You know, I mean, I think more than anybody has ever missed before, and uh, in this statistical era, that is significant. Uh, Hoffman wasn't as much of a strikeout pitcher as Wagner was, uh, but at any rate, I'm going to put Tommy in. Uh, or, I mean, I'll vote for Tommy. The 600 and some home runs does matter. Uh, but after that, he's pretty much a one-dimensional player. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, he hits, uh, but he's right there with Harmon Killebrew. You know, if I look at that, uh, they're very similar players, both kind of lumbering on the bases and both of them below average fielders. You know, uh, neither of them hit for a really high average, but... Uh, Tommy did what he did for a long time. Um, and did it with, by all accounts, full integrity, you know, right. did it the right way. Although, 
I mean, he, I mean, and he hit some absolute moonshots. But when we get into our, you know, changes that we would make, I, I do make special consideration for if you were the best player on a historic team, and you know, he was surrounded by talent, but he always stuck out to me on those mid '90s Indians teams. At any rate, he's well, on. He, I, there were a lot of people that stuck out, but I mean, uh, there are. It is hard for me to put Tommy at the top of that group. You know, the best pure hitter was Albert Bell. You know, Roberto <laughs> Alomar was the, uh, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, first ballad type on there. Uh, another pick that I would have is Omar Vizquel, which who was also on that team. Now, Omar is going to bump Edgar off of Martinez off of my list, um, I who I had last year. Biscale is, uh, I've always thought, is a Hall of Famer. I mean, and he played forever. Yeah. <laughs> played for like 50 years. <laughs> uh, and then my eighth pick would be Andrew. Um, not so much to get him in as to keep him in consideration. Yeah, which again, now we're playing the Hall of Fame game. You're voting right. for people based on, you know, just wanting to ensure that they get multiple chances moving forward. Well, I'm not necessarily playing that game. I'm not taking out one of the people like Chipper or Vlad or Tommy, one of the, the three highest vote getters, and putting in Johan Satana uh, so he is deserving of the vote. I'm still, you know, I, I've taken, uh, if I can use my last pick to take somebody that I think deserves more credit, I don't, I certainly don't think there are eight people in this group uh, that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. You know, so if I'm using my eighth pick, I mean, Jeff Kent would certainly be of consideration. I, I, I don't have, I mean, I think he's real borderline, but uh, he's been under consideration for some time now. And it's sad that Andrew's going to fall right off, like Whitaker did or, you know, somebody of that nature. Mm-hmm. Now, why is Kenny Lofton? Right. Now, why is it that you have this strange protest? vote against Chil- or uh, against Clemens and Bonds by not putting someone in that ninth and 10th slot. You're just leaving it open. It's like you're voting for them, but you're not voting for them. Oh, no. I, I recognize that both of them are Hall of Famers. I right. mean, they're, they're, both of them are, are two of the greatest players that both of them are two of. I, I think I just doubled their existence. <laughs> you doubled down uh, on double. but uh, Little Caesars double-double. I, I think they're two of the greatest players ever. I despise them, you know, as, uh, and I'm just not going to vote for them. <laughs> you know, and uh, But I, I recognize how good they are. So. Well, maybe if I read this real quick, it, it, it'll help ease your conscience. But my my argument is still you need to you need to go nine ten. Give you know give some other people uh, some love there. Um, this is from the Baseball Writers Association website uh, about the Hall of Fame. Voting shall be based upon the player's record, playing ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character, and contributions to the teams on which the player played. So, obviously, you're keeping Bonds and Schilling out because of three of these. <laughs> I'm keeping Bonds and Clemens out. Or Clemens, right. Schilling I keep out just because I don't, you know, he was good in the postseason. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So again, uh, just one through eight. Your ballot is uh, Chipper, Vladdy Daddy, uh, Musina, McGriff, uh, Wagner, Tommy, Jones, the Scale. All right. Now here's mine. Uh, Chipper and Tommy, absolutely. First ballot all the way. Um, I have Vladdy as well and Crime Dog. Uh, I'm giving Andrew Jones a vote. Um, Mike Mussina, I'm voting for them. Each year, his case gets stronger. Um, I don't know what that says, you know, uh, because I think a Hall of Famer should be a Hall of Famer. But it's just the more and more you get an opportunity to dive into his career, he just wasn't that flashy. It's like the Hoffman versus Wagner argument, you know. Um, but definitely Mussina. Um, I am going to vote for Hoffman because he and I said this last year, he still is the m model of a modern closer to me. Um, 600 saves is significant. You know, he stayed healthy pretty much throughout, whereas Wagner had injury problems. Um, and then I have uh, I have Andrew. Uh, I have Vizquel. And it's something I didn't realize about Vizquel is that he, he was about 123 hits shy of 3,000. Right, right. So um, good enough for government work. Um, and with Crime Dog, it's the same thing. It was only three home runs short of 500. Um, I am going to vote for Schilling. And you convinced me of this last year. I'm voting for Larry Walker. Oh, Larry Walker. Uh, that he's probably uh, one of the people that Andrew is replacing on my list or one of the open spots to 9 and 10. My problem with Walker, I mean, you're talking about injuries. Walker didn't have that many or he didn't have that. He certainly didn't have that many consecutive good years, right? I mean, just because he really was injury. Seems like everybody played up in Montreal just torn up. Oh, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> Playing in the uh, Olympic Stadium or Stade du Olympique. It's like what great conditions. How could yeah. anyone get hurt playing yeah, on that surface? Um, yeah, and, and with Kurt Schilling, I know you hate it, and I hate him too. I mean, I, I, as a person, I don't think he has much integrity at all after bankrupting uh, the entire state of Rhode Island. But if I am going to stick with just what he meant to a team and the contributions to a team, his 2001 and 2002 with the Diamondbacks, and we all know with the Red Sox in the postseason, uh, makes him a Hall of Famer. Like, he's somebody that when you look up when you when you read the anthology on baseball, his postseason success should stand out. Lou Burdett had a lot of significant years with the Braves in Milwaukee. Uh, Lou Burdett won three games in a World Series that they won. Uh, Lou Burdett led the Braves to the postseason for years. Won more games than Schilling. So I'm taking it he's one of your no I'm not, I'm not tragic saying. omissions. No, I'm just saying because uh, Schilling's greatest games were under the big microscope, uh, and we were able to see him. Uh, the uh, that doesn't make him a Hall of Famer to me. All right, how many wins does he have? And I know wins are somewhat significant. Uh, compare him. To how many wins does Burdett have, and how many wins does uh, how many wins does Mickey Lolich have? I mean, uh, these are they're all good pitchers, but I, I do I think Schilling would I trade Schilling uh, up for Burdett or Lolich or Louis Tiant? You know, there are a lot of pit Jim Maloney 
Jim Maloney. Yeah, that's a great name. Where did Jim Maloney play? I must know more. For the Cincinnati Reds for a long time. He oh, was okay. their ace. All right, let's look up Lou Burdett here. How many wins? Uh, 203. Okay, well, that's a few less than Schilling. And Schilling, like 221 or something. 216. Like that. 216. Yeah. All right, how many uh, wins did uh, Louis Tiant have? And let's see if Schilling had a year like Louis Tiant's 1968. Uh, Tion had 229 wins. All right. How many wins did Mickey Lolich have? Tion's uh, 1968 on the same level as Schilling's 2004, although his ERA was much better. Yeah. Tion's I mean, his OAV, his OAV was better. I mean, all of the stats, you know, he had a phenomenal year statistically. He just, you know, he's pitching for the Indians, you know. Uh, All right, Mickey Lolich, 217 wins, so right on the button as uh, uh, Tim Hudson. No, Tim Hudson, I, 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 I'm going to make mention of with my, you know, how I would change the Hall of Fame voting process and where I weight things as far as who is and who isn't a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying that. Uh, well, let me ask you this about Schilling that that whole big microscope that we saw so many huge moments that involved him or big games that he pitched. Do we need to have an asterisk for the era in which some of these players were playing because of the lack of media technology? No, I think that takes care of itself. I, and I think that's why uh, this is done by the Baseball Writers Association. I think they do take that into account. Uh, I mean, what you were saying, Schilling statistically matches up, I mean, with... Burdett and Tiant and Lolich, their careers are very similar. Uh, Burdett and Lolich both winning three games in a World Series. Won your favorite World Series ever. Uh, <laughs> the uh, and so and they, against Bob Gibson. Yeah, so let they, the record show. They were certainly in the spotlight and pitched the big game just like Schilling did. Uh, Schilling was. Do I think any of them should be in the Hall of Fame? Probably not. Uh, well, you made but, the... Yeah. But, you know, I, and I don't think Schilling should be in either. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm still going to... I'm. This is why they don't give me a vote. <laughs> for a number of reasons. <laughs> right. Number one being I'm not uh, a baseball writer. But I just... I You know, the, I give a lot of weight to, you know, if you were going to compile a team of, of pitchers who in their prime... You're going to give them the ball in the big game, no questions asked. I mean, he's right there. He's, and these others were not? Well, I mean, maybe we need to get Burdett in, make a bigger case for Lolich and Tion. Maybe that's their, maybe their omissions is greater than we're looking at. Um, you made a case for Billy Wagner. I'm going to make a case for Johan Santana. Um, his, fi his five or six years from 2003 till about 2008 – is about as good as anybody. I mean, he was at the in the top two or three in in the major leagues through the course of those uh, those six years. Two Cy Young awards. I just don't think it was long enough. I mean, uh, enough. I mean, they have. I I think the ten five thing uh, holds weight. You got to be able to look at them for a decade, and you know he is tragically injured uh, and never you know really recovers. Right, but the, he did. He did have a ten-year career. Yes, but not ten good years. 
and they're probably about eight good years. Right. So, you know. Uh, and the number of games started because of injury and all that. Missed an yeah. entire season in there. Right. So. Um, but that is that is your uh, he is your uh, your uh, your Kofax argument. You could make the Kofax argument on him. Not that he's compares in any way, <laughs> shape, or form to Kofax, but then nobody does. But remember, Kofax, you know, he's what eight and eight or eleven and eleven until his five year stretch kicks off. You know, and then he's just gone. Well, it, it's more like seven year stretch, but yeah, uh, you're right. But it, I. He was a long reliever in Brooklyn. Right. Well, yeah, and then the number of complete games and innings pitched is much higher as well. Um, All right, so now your prediction. Who will get elected this year from the BBWAA ballot? Uh, Chipper, Guerrero, uh, and Tomey look like sure bets right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're with close to half, uh, you know, 50% of the voting in. They are... uh, in the high 90s chippers like 98 point something um the uh, all it seems like every year if you look at the halfway point and what the final voting is uh percentages drop uh they're you know chipper won't be at 98.4 or whatever he is uh the uh but it still looks like those three are pretty safely in i think right now um as of today uh the Hoffman is like 80 some percent seems to be uh, strong, but he could slip out. Uh, they're the only ones I see getting in right now. Just those three, Chipper, Vladdy, and uh, Tomei. Well, I know I said Hoffman looks pretty solid, but I'm not, yeah. um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he fell off. He's uh, up around 80, I think 85 percent or something like that. Well, right and now. Hoffman pulled better than Vladdy last year. So wouldn't it yeah. stand a reason that he'll. Yeah, but Vladdy right now is pool, uh, is pooling higher than uh, <laughs> is Hoffman. The exit polls in yeah. Iowa have shown. Yeah. Well, no, what's that guy's name who has the Hall of Fame tracker? You know, he he compiles all of the. Uh, oh, I um, don't know. I, I you I, can see who everybody's vote. You can, um, you know, he, is this on MLB Network? No, it's it's he. He's an independent. A, yeah. No, I'd have to look that up. Um. I, well, I'm I'm in lockstep. I mean, I think it'll be Chipper, Tomei Hoffman, and Vladdy as well. So no surprises this year. Um, when you include that Morris and Jack Morris and Alan Trammell, cheers to the 84 Tigers, by the way. Long overdue for the two of those guys. Um, is this too many players going in? Are we seeing too many players now over the course of the last four or five years? No. Uh, and the argument is that recent years uh, – your 80s and 90s are uh, way underrepresented in the Hall of Fame. But that's because the baseball writers have only, they've taken about, they've put in about 50% of the people that are in the Hall of Fame. Um, your Veterans Committee has put in chunk loads of them. The old Negro Leagues uh, were at it. There was a special uh, commission for that. There have been special elections, Lou Gehrig, Roberto Clemente, people like this. Uh, this was not baseball writers. So um, the I, I think they've put in like 140 of the 240 so members, uh, the baseball writers have. The Veterans Committee is able to go and pick through the previous decades 
you don't find too many people prior to 1960 or 1970 that are really deserving of the Hall of Fame. The Veterans Committee eventually gets through, you know, at least statistically and puts them in. Uh, when you look at people like Geringer and stuff like this were put in by the Veterans Committee. I mean, really good, solid Hall of Famers. Um, people do fall off the list. Uh, I, and that is, that's the tragic thing when that happens. Uh, I, I, and I, I, that's why I think, yeah. I have no problem using one of my fictitious votes uh, to keep an Andrew Jones alive. Um, the I really didn't like him as a ball player, but uh, Lofton was on for a blink of an eye. Uh, should he fall? And, and you were saying Santana certainly. I mean, it looks like he's going to go off the list this year uh, after one year. Uh, these are people that need to be considered. Uh, and that's why the Veterans Committee is so important. Now, the problem with the Veterans Committee is that so many of their in, uh, their inductees are posthumous. I mean, uh, they're by the time they get around to putting in a Bill Mazeroski, he's half past dead. Uh, <laughs> the um, I, I realize I was using Mazeroski as an example, and he's still very much alive. Uh, <laughs> but when uh, but so many of the uh, VCs nominees are posthumous right what do you think about the uh committee that makes up the veterans committee and i think they changed didn't they change the name a couple of years ago oh i they, they've had different names for it forever right. you know we'll call yeah. it the veterans committee even yeah. if that's incorrect well, however they're doing it i mean you know they yeah. had a special committee just for the negro leagues for you know at one point right i mean do you believe that the veterans committee needs to expand to have like a vin scully on it I would like to see Vin Scully have a voice uh, and people like that uh, right. in uh, what is our great museum. Sure. All right. Well, what a, okay. What do you think are the greatest omissions to the Hall of Fame at this point? Two of mine just fell off the board with Jack Morris and Alan Trammell. So I'm, I, I only have a couple of suggestions <laughs> at this point. Uh, Marvin Miller, number one for me. Uh, yep. Ted Simmons and Dale Murphy. Now, give your case for Marvin Miller one more time. I don't know of anyone that has changed baseball as much as Marvin Miller with the lone exception of Jackie Robinson and the connection with Judge Kennesaw Landis and Branch Rickey. The three of them are, you know, in one sense, but in modern times, nobody has changed baseball or had more of a significant influence on its development than uh, Marvin Miller, more so than all of the commissioners combined. But how was he as a player? He didn't play. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, player-wise, just the Murph and then yeah. make the case for Ted Simmons. Uh, one of the three or four greatest hitters uh, for a catcher of all time. An incredibly smart player. Uh, intelligent, and his teams won. And he directed yeah. them. And he played uh, pudge-like numbers of games. Uh, why do you think he's so overlooked? I mean, I, you know, I stay up on baseball hall of fame pretty well and I'm not as familiar with Ted Simmons. Uh, perhaps because he, he played in St. Louis at a time when St. Louis wasn't St. Louis, if that, uh, makes 
any sense at all. It doesn't. Okay. But go on. Uh, and he played for the Brewers. Uh, and he, he moved around. Uh, there were a lot more colorful people in the game than him. Uh, I mean, Al, he was Al Hrabowski's catcher. You remember Al Hrabowski, but, you know, you forget that it was Simmons that's telling him to do all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> Good point. The, uh, I, I don't, the catchers are often forgotten. The catchers, what, aren't they still? Catchers in third base are the least represented uh, positions in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, but couldn't that that could just be an anomaly or just a a wealth of 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 uh, or are those the two hardest positions to play, in your opinion? Oh no, I mean shortstop and I mean up the middle is harder to play. I mean catcher is uh, I certainly make the argument that catcher is the uh, hardest position to play, and catchers don't play as many games as everybody else. They have to have days off. Uh, you can't catch both games of a doubleheader, which we used to have a lot of back in the day. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, and so their overall numbers are down. Yeah. And, and, you know, in, in 25 years, we'll both probably be long gone at that point. Um, you will see, <laughs> you better hope that you are. <laughs> I know. Jeez. <laughs> uh, tough, tough, tough sledding at a hundred. Um, that wouldn't be a hundred. That would make me seventy-five now. Right. So, well, I mean, that would about be the time when some of these third basemen may enter the uh, Hall of Fame. But oh, at okay. any rate, you've got Chris Bryant, you've got Manny Machado, you've got Nato, you've got, you know, I mean, if A Rod gets elected, which do you think A Rod will get elected when his turn comes up? Uh, if Clemens and Bonds don't get in at some point in the next four years or so, A-Rod will never get in. Right, right. And, hey, we will have Chipper this year. Yeah. He, will, he will represent the the third bag. Oh, I know. The hot corner well. Um, yeah, I mean, my my omission is as simple as Dale Murphy, but I will also say Ted Turner, unless I'm mistaken, uh, speaking uh, without knowledge, is Ted Turner in the Hall of Fame? No. Don't you feel like he should be? With the advent of the Superstation, what he did for baseball on cable. I don't know. I would have to think more on that uh, because then you need to start putting in people like Charlie Finley and George Steinbrenner. Uh, and I realize there are several owners that are in the Hall of Fame, but I, I don't know that Turner... I mean, it would have to be with the networking stuff. Uh, right. I mean, he I mean, had... That, as an owner, he wasn't much uh <laughs> not until later on when he let someone else make the important decisions but i i just i don't know that uh that singular invention uh more or less the superstation uh was kind of happening at the same time with chicago and i don't know that uh that's enough to get turner in that's like saying the director of the first night game should be in you know, right, the Hall of Fame. It opens you know? up a whole can of worms about right. techno, like the inventor of the batting cage. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, in fairness, would the plaque of a Marvin Miller hang next to a Joe Morgan? I mean, I don't know. You've been before. I'm looking forward to going to the Hall of Fame for the first time this summer, assuming we can find our <laughs> reservation. But uh, what? Uh, how are the plaques arranged as far as if it's a player versus a manager versus, a, you know, a bud, oh, a bud they're, all, they're all there by the year they're put in. Yeah, they all hang they hang yeah. out together. Yeah. All right. 
I'd put Turner in. <laughs> I mean, with the apologies to WGN, WGN was established superstation. TBS came from nothing. And his, you know, idea of putting the Braves on TBS kind of is the modern model for, you know, regional oh, baseball I, contracts that we have right now. I understand. I, I It's a compelling argument. Yeah. Um, all right. So now then, uh, changes to the voting procedure, changes to the whole makeup of how we elect the Major League Baseball Hall of Famers year in and year out. What significant changes would you make? My most significant change I would make, and you worded this before as though we were like the czar of the Hall of Fame. And uh, Correct. I, I would have another wing of the Hall of Fame being the wing of infamy uh, <laughs> and could put in all sorts of things. And you could have plaques for famous people there. Uh, your Bonds and your Clemens uh, to go along with Pete Rose and uh, Shoeless Joe and uh, and Ty Cop take members that are in you know, they could also be in the uh, the wing of infamy and there you could have things <laughs> like Merkel's boner you know or uh, the uh, thing Johnny Evers uh, you know and his relationship with. Tinker and Chance, uh, you know, all sorts of things. It would be, I would think it would be a very interesting wing to the Hall of Fame. Um, and have Judge Kennesaw Landis and his, and Cap Anson and all of the people that kept African-Americans out of their game for so long. Uh, I think it would, and that would also, that would clarify the voting to me, if I were on the outside looking in, there was a wing of infamy, and I knew that somebody like Barry Bonds could get a plaque in there. Then I'm like, you know, uh, then I have no problem. I'm not voting for him. Um, so uh, now, in terms, uh, they recently changed. Uh, you stay on the ballot for ten years, and it used to be fifteen years. I don't. I think that's a good change. And my reasoning is, uh, and something I alluded to earlier, that means that they can be considered by various veterans committees earlier. Uh, you have somebody hanging around at 20% of the vote. You have Jeff Kent hanging around for 15 years. By the time a veterans committee puts him in, he's liable to be dead. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, if, Can't make the speech then. Right. Uh, and so you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. Would you fast track Vin Scully into the Hall of Fame? I mean, what we get Bob Costas this year, right? Right. Um, How long would I, that I don't know. Be? I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that the voting for uh, what the requirements are for the Ford Frick thing. Where I mean, if they, uh, I mean, shoot, Bob Costas is still announcing, right? So I don't. Uh, so he was probably just put on this year. I think you know, Vin Scully might be able to go in next year. You know, or something. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the requirements are for that. Um, See if I can look it up real quick. The, uh, in terms of putting more people on the ba uh, on the individual ballots that go out, I think ten's a pretty good number. Yeah. Um, the Ford, the Frick Award election cycle rotates annually among major league markets, team specific announcers. National voices, broadcasters whose contributions were realized on a national level, and broadcasting beginnings, early team voices, and pioneers of baseball broadcasting. 
This cycle will repeat every three years with the broadcasting beginnings ballot to be reviewed. Man, they're never simple and straightforward. (laughs) The finalists that you had this year were uh, with... uh, Costas getting elected. You had uh, Buddy Blattner, Joe Buck. <laughs> Man, that seems comical to me. Bob Costas, Dizzy Dean, Don Drysdale, Al Michaels, Joe Morgan, and Pee Wee Reese. And Pee Wee Reese didn't get it. Well, maybe they, because he's already in the Hall of Fame. Right. Um. So, I'm my qualifications, I guess, to me, well, okay, my most significant changes, I would end the 10-vote limit. I think that this is, uh, and someone suggested this ahead of me, but I think it's silly. The the qualification, like vote for who's a Hall of Famer. You know, have all of your qualifiers and your, well, they had to play 10 years, 10 good years, and then five and the five years were at the top of the, of the heap. But what do you think is the need to have a, a, a vote limit? If you didn't, there are all sorts of scenarios that can take place. These are baseball writers who have been beat writers. Who's to stop some writer for just putting in all the New York Yankees every year? (laughs) I'm putting them all in. They played five years, you know, with the Yankees. I'm voting for them. Well, don't you think that the Baseball Writers Association, since it's not all New York beat writers, would police itself in that sense? Well, you're... That's why they have a 10-vote rule. That's policing themselves. But even without it, don't you think that the gentleman's agreement, the gentleman and lady agreement, that you know someone would say like you're Levitard not? Levitard sold his vote, or no, gave it away, uh, put it know. on deadspin yeah. to let the people vote. Yeah, and then there's things like that. I mean, what 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 changes would you make to you know the the uh, the writing qualifications? They've made the ballots open. They've removed a lot of people from being able to vote now. Oh, yes. Uh, well, I mean, they have to have uh, been covering, uh, you know, they can't be 90 years old and uh, living in Valencia, Spain. Right. Uh, I mean, they have to be covering uh, baseball, and that's a good thing. Um, now, there, it's interesting if they are, in today's world, if they are, you know, certain bloggers maybe should be considered, you know, I, I, you know, that's not for me to really clarify, but... Right. Well, I do think, and we talked about this last year, there's something to be said for when you're in the locker room, you uh, know, you're there watching it day in and day out. Um, the Ty Cobb argument. So I guess just this is more about, you know, how to qualify players better, that great humanitarian efforts can increase a borderline player getting into the Hall of Fame. I mean, if your statistics are there and you didn't cheat, you can't have have your chances diminished because you weren't a great guy, a la Kurt Schilling, you know? So, I mean, do you feel like enough weight is put on humanitarian effort with certain players that get elected? Do you think it's made a difference on a a notable number of players? Oh, I think it has made a difference. uh, Because Tim Hudson, I would think, like his humanitarian effort might put his case... Get the in. way you get along with writers has had a lot to do with right. certain people uh, getting into the Hall of Fame. It took Rice how many years? Didn't he get in on like the 14th year or yeah. so? Ted right. Williams doesn't get in in the first time. Yep. All right. 
<laughs> so, yeah, it makes a difference how well you get along with writers. Uh, it doesn't always seems to work more in a negative way than it does in a positive way. Uh, now, maybe you use that as an argument for Tommy earlier. Right. And a great player on a historic team. No, I'm talking about the argument of his being a uh, good locker room presence. You know, well that and, too. Yeah, uh, but that hasn't helped Dale Murphy any. You know. Yeah, to this point. But again, I think he should. I think the Murph should definitely be there. I think that's one of the great omissions. Ate at his restaurant the other night. Really like it. Oh yeah, yeah. Wasn't that where your son Justin? Happy yeah, birthday yeah, to yeah. to Justin. Belated at the time of this recording, but where is Dale Murphy's restaurant? Uh, it's in the Galleria. Oh, good. Does he ever show up? Uh, yes, he does, apparently. Oh, good. Yeah, but... So do you think that, uh, um, you know, okay, so like Crime Dog and Larry Walker, era significance, should they, should we have statistical measures for numbers, you know, for for basically like number inflation? You know, I, I think they do now. Yeah. I mean, when you start looking at like uh, your OPS plus, you know, that's sure. taking in, you know, so... Uh, that stuff, I mean, and, and I, I think it was just the shock value of the steroid era where you had so many people hitting 50 home runs all the time that uh, making Fred McGriff's 38 home runs in a season a couple of years earlier seemed very insignificant. Right, yeah. And with the steroid argument, if it takes steroids to accomplish what past players did without uh, you are removed from consideration. But we have this gray area now that exists with the Piazza, Bagwell, and Pudge. A lot of smoke, you know, around those guys. So the fact that they're in now, does that soften your hardline stance on Clemens and Bonds? No. <laughs> yeah, because again, according to the website, based upon the player's record, playing ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character... Uh, and contributions to the teams on which the player played. Um, all right. Uh, Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame. Right. Well, integrity. Right. Okay. <laughs> he bet on baseball while he was a manager. and That's the plaque that's inside all the clubhouses. So uh, do you ever see a world where Pete Rose is in the Hall of Fame? I think they need to have a wing of infamy. <laughs> and that solves it all. Yeah. All right, coming into home, um, aside from the uh, the speeches on Sunday, what's the best part of Hall of Fame weekend? Going into all the shops. Well, no, maybe the parade. The parade? Yeah. How does the parade work? For those who are unfamiliar who haven't been there. The uh, Saturday, I think it is, before induction, uh, there's just a parade down Main Street in Cooperstown where all the returning Hall of Famers get in a car and wave. <laughs> Do they throw things? No. Like beads? No, but it, it's it's pretty fun. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you, you see all these old guys. I, I mean, and then there are guys that are uh, on the street setting up, signing autographs everywhere, you know, making more money than they probably made it during their career. <laughs> uh, Good for them. The uh, I, I love all of the little shops in uh, uh, memorabilia shops in Cooperstown. Um, I mean, they have their the streetlights are are big baseballs, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, just the whole aesthetic. It's hard to the whole thing sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to pick a favorite, but um, 
I the one thing I wish they would bring back is the Hall of Fame game. Oh, I do too. I do yeah, too. an an actual major league game played at the oh, it, Abner it couldn't be an actual major league game. Used to be. Oh, I know, yeah, but yeah. the fences are really short now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they do have the alumni, you know, the legends game. Yeah, right. So, all right. Well, uh, well, we'll see what happens uh, when the uh, hey, I, uh, results at the come Hall out. of Fame. I saw Willie McGee. Uh, I mean, and Will Clark, I walked around the Hall of Fame kind of following them for a while uh, when the Giants were playing there. No, oh, what did they talk about? Oh, I wasn't that close. <laughs> <laughs> close enough, but not too close to be a, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm to not, be sketch. I'm be, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens when the elections come out. Hey, assuming that these predictions hold true, which speech are you most looking forward to this year? Mm. Chipper, Tommy, Hoffman, Vladdy. Oh, it would be Chipper. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think will be the most eloquent speaker? Uh, of those four, Tommy. And if you add Jack Morris and Trammell into the mix. Oh, uh, uh, then Jack Morris, probably. Yeah. Yep. Um, here, I'm really hoping that Viscell is in eventually, you know, now that Trammell's gotten in. So. All right. Well, as always, thank you to uh, everyone who uh, listens to the podcast on uh, SoundCloud and on iTunes. Um, you can find all things Running the Bases at our website, runningthebases.com. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, so there you have it. And, uh, you know, uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> so for Coach Jordan Bounds, I am Tucker Wells. This is the Running the Bases podcast coming into home and we're safe. Coach. Have a good night, good sir. Good night.